Hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning in again to another episode of Ask a Friend. I am very excited because today I'm going to get Mr. Gary Grantham, a.k.a. Gig, on the phone from the long-run experience, the Eagles and Castle Entertainment. Uh, He has a whole bunch of stories and a whole bunch of different interests in music and different tributes and projects that he works with, including a lot of theater stuff. Uh, Gary's done quite a bit, uh, had a bunch of experience in the entertainment industry, so it's going to be interesting to kind of pick his brain and see what kind of music he likes and what he suggests people go look up. So uh, we'll give you a little musical interlude here for a second, and then we'll get started with the show. Tom, are you there? I sure am. Hey, man, thanks for joining me. My pleasure, man. So just so you're aware, it starts recording right away. So that's kind of the cool thing. Uh, Once you join into the show, uh, we are underway. So, Gig, thank you so much for taking time. I know how busy you are, so I really appreciate it. Oh, thanks so much for the invitation. So this is going to be fun because I know I've talked to you about doing your own podcast. uh, And so this will be a great chance for you to kind of get a feel for uh, what I've been doing with mine, which only just started a couple days ago. But like I told you just a few minutes ago, it's already uh, starting to get some some likes and some applause, which is something I don't know if you're aware that on Anchor, when you do something, people can kind of they can click a button and it's basically they're clapping for you. So it's it's really it's interesting because they can interact. And then, of course, uh, people who are listening can also send you voice messages and you can include those in your show. Oh, God, so I just pretty, I'm so tickled oh, by the way social media works because everything is just like the Pavlov's dog rewards, isn't it? You know, likes and loves and smiles and applause. <laughs> we poke this person and it's all so reward based. That's. <laughs> oh, dude, come on. We both get on stage and, and dance around and say, like me, like me. You know, we're looking for that, right? Isn't everybody? Oh, God. Yeah, of course we are. I know. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, what am I talking about? <laughs> Well, today, the show that I've developed so far, uh, and it may end up changing, but the way it is right now is basically I just call up my friends and I start asking you and talking to you about music and what kind of music you like, maybe artists that you haven't heard in a long time. Uh, You know, you listen to the radio every day and it's kind of the same stuff because that's what's being paid. uh, Money is being paid to get it on air, right? But there's still all that huge volumes and libraries of music that have not been heard in a long while that are still just as great or even more importantly, new music that's coming out constantly that just doesn't get heard. And so I thought, you know, what better format than a podcast to just say, Hey, you know, what kind of music do you like? And, and then ask the audience, you know, what kind of music do you like? And the interesting thing you should know about Anchor is that it links to Spotify. And so oh, once you yeah. tell me the name of a song, I can look that up. And at the end of the show, I give segments of each of the songs that or at least each a couple of the artists that you mention so that people can then go and they hear the segment. And if they like it, they can go to Spotify and check it out, even if someone they've never heard of, which is kind of cool. Oh, yeah. That is, man. I like it. So before we get into that, though, I'd really, first and foremost, again, it's a real honor to have you on this, on this show. I know oh. how busy you are, number one, but you've been involved in some significant projects. And I, if you wouldn't mind, I'd love for you to just take a minute and share with everybody what exactly it is you've done a little bit and what you're doing now and maybe what you plan on doing in the future, because everything you do is pretty darn cool and it's always so please take the floor. 
Oh man, thank you. Well, first of all, thanks for that 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 endorsement, Tom. Um, I'm talking to you from my office, which is in Burbank, California, and we are the Castle Entertainment Group. Um, and I'll just kind of start there. I'll sort of set the stage that way. Um, the Castle Entertainment Group comprises um, sort of multiple entities. Um, we have 30th anniversary of Rock and Roll Incorporated, which is um, my producing partner's uh, business or company of many years. Um, through 30th, we we tend to deal uh, with um, music acts that are a little bit better known, uh, national status acts, and uh, we contract them through uh, an agency called Variety Artists International. We are sort of a satellite office of, of that company. Um, we have Itchy Tone Music here, which is my business, um, under which I contract a lot of the tribute shows, which I think we'll probably get into. Um, we have 3,000 Miles Off-Broadway Productions. That's the wing of our business that does more theatrical type stuff. And what we try to do is bring quality uh, shows that are either in the very early stages that we can help develop, or we are sometimes, um, they're sometimes germinated here. And these are all live shows. Uh, and we also kind of search the country for productions that we can sort of lend a hand to. Maybe they're, maybe they're newer productions, maybe they're new productions of a time-honored piece, like a musical. Uh, we have several in queue that we will be producing here in the Los Angeles area. Um, and then we also have an organization called Core Talent, which is a theatrical talent agency representing actors. So as I speak to you right now from their, our sort of, uh, you know, foyer uh, reception area, uh, my partner is in working some kind of deal right behind me in his office. And I know Core Talent is in the other room uh, interviewing actors for possible representation. So it's a neat place actually for me to sit and have this conversation with you. Um, and that's kind of my lead in into saying, um, I, I'm, I'm fortunate at this point in my life to, to have my hands in a, in a number of different things that are entertainment related. And for me, I never, it never matters to me what side of the footlights, so to speak, I'm on, you know, as, as you know, and as you said, yeah, we love getting on stage and, and having the opportunity for a couple of hours to, um, perform material that we love and that's meaningful to us and that that has had an impact on us for for most of our lives at the same time i'm often very excited to just be a guy that's just not on stage but working with performers or lighting designers and and costume designers and directors and um, sound designers and scenic designers and all those disciplines to help put something on stage simply because I really like being a part of, of telling good stories well. So um, that turns me on probably more than anything is, um, um, and, and I am rambling, but, but you said, hey, go ahead and ramble. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so Just keep going. It's I, awesome. I will. You know, I, I, when I, when I start talking like this, I always think about my upbringing because my parents and the adults around me we're arts people and educators and musicians, and uh, they took me to everything. They took me to opera and musical theater and straight plays and chamber music, orchestral music, philharmonic music, uh, uh, choir stuff, jazz, um, uh, 
piano recitals, pretty much everything. And all of those influences absolutely to this day inform everything I do, good and bad. Um, you know, most, most of the rock and roll musicians that I get to, that I get to stand on stage with are all so much more deeply educated in rock and roll than I am and simply better at it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know and, about that. And, well, and, you know, and, and, and that's marvelous to me, but because rock and roll is something actually I had to discover later sort of on my own. That's the one thing that my folks didn't really do. It wasn't their thing. So they introduced me to everything else and that, that I discovered um, on my own, but still even in that realm, the stuff I like doing most, uh, and as you know, you know me, um, you know, I, I like, even in a rock show, what, what really excites me is knowing that it's rehearsed and we know where we're going. We allow for spontaneous moments, but we have a structure and both we as the performers and the audience, we hope, uh, has the confidence that they're sitting in front of, they're in good hands, you know, because they know that we're taking them somewhere. And what I love most is when it all comes together, all those disciplines work in concert lighting and sound and whatever's going on on stage, be it the performing or any sort of scenic or visual or media enhancements when it all works. And we know that we've accomplished what we set out to accomplish, or maybe accomplish something that we didn't plan on. That is just marvelous. There's just nothing better to me than all of that. Is that a good start? That's a great start. I couldn't agree more too. And you're a real expert when it comes to putting on an amazing show. So anybody listening to this, make sure you look up everything that he's mentioned in terms of productions and projects uh, and that he's going to mention here in a second too, because you can be sure they are always quality and they're always extremely entertaining. So would you please just mention also, um, I, I, in the intro, I told folks that you're in uh, the long run experience, the Eagles. And so can you just kind of summarize that experience and, and maybe a couple other projects that you work with musically now? Absolutely. Um, the long run came about for me when it was absolutely in its infancy. And I, um, back in 1999, some guys, none of whom are in the band anymore, <laughs> Uh, that's the idea, you know, I think they were playing, they had put together a cover band, you know, just for, for grins. And, um, they went out and did a couple of shows and in their cover sets, I think they included a handful of Eagles songs, maybe four. And, um, an agent that they knew at the time heard these guys who were all talented players and singers. They heard them sing a few of the Eagles songs and he came and he said, you know, if you guys were to put together an Eagles thing. I think I could do something with that if you were to put together an Eagles tribute thing. Again, that was 1999. There were not anywhere near the number, and I dare say the glut of tribute bands and tribute acts that there are today. We know that. So it was still a relatively good thing. When I was approached, when when they found the need for for somebody who could do some of the things that maybe I could, um, the whole thing was kind of new to me. I mean, I knew about Beatlemania, you know, and, and that kind of thing. But I didn't really, uh, you know, to me, it was a glorified cover band. I had mm. come out band that was an original band that was kind of a, um, a roots rock and roll slash alt country effort, a lot of harmony um, and guitar driven, much like the Eagles in, in, in those ways. So the idea of playing the Eagles music was 
interesting to me. And then when they started talking about some of the, you know, the income that could be generated, uh, which is what I think brings a lot of musicians into tributes anyways, because they know that there's a chance to, to work. Um, that was attractive to me as well. So I joined the group and we, we went along for a few years and, and, you know, guys, some couple guys fairly early on moved back to Ohio. And then, um, you know, gradually there was sort of an attrition. And as that went on, and as I learned more, um, more responsibility kind of fell to me. Um, finally, you know, in about 2011, I found myself, wow, I'm the only founding member left. Okay. <laughs> Let's, let's go on, you know, and that was that was bittersweet, but also good in some ways, because at that point, you know, over the years, I had developed um, enough of a vision to kind of carry on and and take it in a way, at least the way that I thought I could lead it and, and drive it. Um, so since then, you know, the band has continued to grow. You know, there are lots of them. Uh, there are lots of Eagles tribute shows. There are lots of. um Zeppelin tribute shows, lots of Beatle tribute shows. Again, you know this, and, and so do most people. So there's always competition. Um, the thing that our group, the long run, tries to do, is always striven to do, is represent, um, try to be true to the studio recordings, try to be aware of the live performance Eagles elements to put into the show that makes sense, deliver the music as faithfully and as authentically as we possibly can so that people do have a, enough of that close your eyes and you kind of, you're taken back uh, experience. But at the same time, we really feel that our group is populated with some great personalities. I mean, some, you know, you look at anyone in, on stage and they are happy to be there. And that really translates to the audience. And the comment that we will get more consistently than any other is that, wow, um, you know, not only do you sound really, really good, but you just seem to really love doing this so much and love doing it together. And we can't, yeah. deny it. you know, you've been on stage with us, Tom, you know, it, there's a, there is kind of an infectious, um, uh, energy, I think. And we are, you know, we are swept into the, you know, the music that we know so well that sort of carries us and propels us. Um, but then there is the absolute joy of playing great music with with really good people so there is a lot of the band's collective personality and the individual personalities in the show um and and consequently i think we've gotten some good breaks over time you know um most recently we became one of i think only two officially licensed uh eagles tribute shows on the planet and uh, there were aware of and uh, and that that was a uh that, that's a great thing that feels you know, really good to know that, you know, we're, we're, you know, I think, I think with tribute shows, uh, you go along and sometimes you think maybe I'm looking in the shadows. How, how did, what the original guys really feel about us playing this music if they haven't already expressed how they feel? Uh, and, or, you know, are we, you know, people for years would say, is it legal for you to do this? And we would always say that, well, yeah, it is. And here are the reasons, but now it's, there's for us, there's been that little extra, okay. You know, you, you've got your, you, you have a card to carry now in a, in, a, in a sense. Sure. Yeah. And that lends a lot of credibility too. So you guys play, have you been international with that project too? Great question. Yeah. Um, we have the last two years we've gone um, this, this past fall in October, we went to Southeast Asia for a couple of weeks 
for a run of shows. Um, we went there for only one week the previous year. Uh, we've been to Canada a number of times. Uh, we've been across the border to Mexico. Um, there are so many places we've yet to go. One of the challenges is, as I mentioned before, there's an Eagles tribute show everywhere. Go to Australia, go to the Netherlands, go to Germany, go to Italy, go to Japan. Uh, they're all over the place. And so a promoter, producer, agency, buyer has to really be convinced that there's some sort of cachet in uh, or saleability, marketability in bringing a, an American Eagles group um, and moreover a Los Angeles-based Eagles group. For some, that really does make a difference. They say, well, you are right in Hollywood. You're right by Laurel Canyon. You know, you mm -hmm. are, you, you live where the Eagles live. You live where this music was born. And, and again, for some, and, and in the case of the Asian promoters, that really, really made a difference. Um, I mean, to the point where, <laughs> I, I, you know, people kind of thought we were them. And there's a oh, strange wow. disconnect that happens. I mean, never before have we traveled and had so many people, including in airports um, and, and uh, everywhere we went, people wanted to stop and take pictures um, in the Philippines, especially. And that's because the, these shows were so well, so heavily promoted on television, on billboards that spanned a highway. There was our picture and <laughs> the, long, the long run experience, the Eagles, you know, right? <laughs> we get there and I say to the promoter, I say, you know, um, I'm not, we're not sure how to handle this. And he, <laughs> if, they believe it, if they believe you're them, just don't destroy the fantasy. You know, it's kind of like, it's good for ticket sales. So it's really walking the line there, but you know, you <laughs> smile and say, boy, happy to take a picture here, but it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that's a good challenge to have, man. There's so many more questions that I have for you, um, but we're, we're running out of time and I want to make sure that we actually get into the part of the show that I promised everybody it would be about, which is picking your brain for, uh, what kind of music? Obviously, you love the Eagles. You love all of the projects that you work with. You mentioned your extensive background with all of the different styles of music, thanks to your parents, too. So let me let me do it this way. Uh, is there a, a group right now that you wish you heard on the radio more often? Oh, that's such a good question that I am so utterly unprepared to answer. And I want to. <laughs> And I'll tell you how I'm, and I don't want to, I don't want to run, exhaust the time. I'll tell you how I'm trying to approach finding an answer. You know, okay. um, uh, today I've been working on booking some seasons of, you know, tribute shows for, um, for some, for some clients and events. And, and I, I actually, let me preface this. Here's another place where I, I, and I'm not proud of this. Um, I'm not, a, two things. I'm not nearly as well read as I wish I were. And secondly, I don't listen to the radio that much. Okay. I, I don't, I don't have it on in the car a lot. I mean, I'm listening to things like this half the time, Tom, I'm listening to podcasts. I'm listening to stuff about other subjects that I'm interested in, you know, to educate myself while I'm driving. Cause I deal with music day in and day out constantly. So it's, it's a difficult question for me to ask. And I, and I want to come up with something so that you can then, you know, <laughs> attach it to spot attach it to spotify <laughs> well i mean i've already i warn folks every time they listen to my show that 
if I, if it's not on Spotify, I apologize. You'll have to go and search it on Google. Uh, and so they're yeah. all prepared for that. That's not a challenge. So if, yes. uh, how about this? If you turned on the radio right now, what, what song would you like to hear? Okay. Right now. Uh, I would, and I don't know why this comes to mind. Right now, I would want to hear "Wave" by Antonio Carlos Jobim. Wow, I got to write that down. Antonio Carlos Jobim, J O B I M. You, it's a song J-O-B-I-M. that's so well known. It's as well known as Jobim's "Girl from, from Ipanema," almost. Um, oh, okay. You know, and it's you know Brazilian style jazz. But this is one thing that I do when I'm. Um, when I go home and it's, and I'm ready to just kind of be by myself, I'll turn on, you know, Spotify or Pandora or any of those services. And I might lock into something like dinner jazz, Brazilian jazz. I'll make a martini or pour a scotch. I'll start making some dinner. And that's the vibe that kind of makes me say, okay, I'm in my own place in my own space right now. It has nothing to do with work. It's just, it just kind of speaks to me. So there's the answer to your question. <laughs> that's, that's awesome because when I spoke with Chris, it was about electronic music. When I spoke to Steve Elo, it was about, you know, blues and more on the rock side uh, and singer songwriter stuff. So this is perfect, man. Um, everybody's going to have different tastes. And that's why I was so excited because when I, when I thought about putting the show together, I thought, holy cow, I've got all these friends who are so knee deep in the arts, you know, (laughs) they're going to have so many different answers, even though, you know, one of the things I haven't told everybody on this, uh, who's listening to the show is that you and I, uh, I actually have the privilege of getting on stage with you, not only once in a a long time ago with uh, the long run, but right now with Deja Vu, which is the celebration of Crosby, Stills, Nash Young. And I'm always, always have a, I always have a wonderful time with you on stage. There's no two ways about it. Uh, and so it's really cool to hear that, you know, I had no idea that this was your style, that jazz was your thing. Well, and I'm going to, I'm going to just turn that back on you slightly. And I'm going to, I'm going to give you a plug to your listeners. And that is that it's my privilege as well. And if you ever have an opportunity to come see Tom do anything that he's doing and Deja Vu is a great example I watch people respond to Tom, his affability, his, his warmth, his, uh, his vocal delivery, your musicianship. Um, you know, I really do. I, I, I can sit in an audience and hear them respond, or I can stand on stage with you and hear them respond. And, and there is some, there's a way that people are drawn to you. And it's another example of that thing that we try to have on stage where each individual just has his appeal and it's like wow and that guy i like that guy well i like that guy i like that guy i'd have those guys to my house over for dinner <laughs> so there's a little reverse plug to you <laughs> well i appreciate the edification and the check is in the mail i promise <laughs> <laughs> i love what you're doing tom this is this is a great thing uh i'm i'm i wish you the, the, the i'm going to become an, a, a listener Oh, very cool. Well, I'm going to send you a link. Uh, fortunately, it allows that too. So as soon as this is done and it's all mixed down and everything, I'll send you a link and then you can listen to it. And um, actually, I'm going to ask everybody also again to make sure you send some voicemails or uh, voice messages through Anchor or comments. And also, um, I'm not done with you though, Gary. There, you got to okay. name at least one right. or two more artists that folks should check out that they may not have been aware of. Oh, Okay. 
Um, has everybody listened to Greta Van Fleet? Greta Van Fleet. Greta Van Do you know who I'm talking about? I do not. No. These are young guys. And as soon as you hear or wa- especially watch these guys, you're going to say, how is it these guys that are, I don't know, uh, the oldest among them is 22? I'm not even sure. How is it that these guys are a young Led Zeppelin? Um, but they are, it's not just, it's so much more than these guys are just acting like Zeppelin. They're not playing Zeppelin songs. They're playing original music that they are crafting themselves. But there is an clear, it's like they, and I got to say, I don't know. I haven't found out what their path has been uh, yet. I've become recently kind of hep to them. Um, but seen some video and said, wow, this lead singer is kind of channeling Robert Plant. They, they all, you know, the drummer is like Bonham. The guitar player is like Page. The bass player is like Jones. And yet we don't feel that they're ripping them off. Um, and it's just so gratifying, actually, to see, uh, to see young people carrying um, deciding they want to live sort of that way one of the things that's been that i've loved and i'm 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 sorry i'm going off on another tangent i should have shouldn't have so i'll try to make it concise i think that's all right in in, you know in the last um a couple of decades with music you know a lot of what kids listen to doesn't require uh being able to play an instrument we know that um, you know, it's, there are a lot of other ways to put things together that have some sort of sense of melody and definitely beat, but to see young kids who are still turned on by the notion of learning, applying the discipline to learn a musical instrument, to learn to sing, to learn to perform is really gratifying. And when we, and you know, this again, when we see those young kids out at tribute shows, watching classic rock music performed live music that was rooted in the 60s and 70s and they want to be there it's like they've chosen that because they themselves have said wow you know stuff that's coming out of being created by much of my own generation is not giving me what i need you know Mm -hmm. to to pull me into music i'm going to follow these other time-honored uh, musicians, bands, uh, and and songs to be my roadmap, and I think these Greta Van Fleet guys are are like that. That's uh, G R E T A V A N F L E E T, I believe. Boy, what a a beautiful cycle, isn't it? It just I love seeing that type of stuff. Okay, so one more artist, okay? <laughs> oh boy, one. It more doesn't artist. have to be new. It can be an old artist too, someone you haven't heard in a while. Okay, you know somebody that I'd like to actually listen to? I'd like to pull out some old Ani DeFranco. Oh, you know, I love Ani her. Uh, it's been a long time since I've listened to her, and I found myself talking about her with some people again recently, and I'm, I'm trying to remember how I used to describe her. I saw her live um, many times in past years, and there are two things I really, really loved about her. A is just she seemed to write um, from, you know, the heart process it through her brain and then just spit it out her gut. And she, the way she would play a guitar is so percussively and yet Mm -hmm. so musically and so viscerally, 
And it was just so compelling to me. I mean, she could stand on stage all by herself and really, really move me. That's the, that's thing one. The other thing I liked is that rather than doing what so many, you know, younger artists would do, you know, hunger for the record label deal, she turned down many because she realized that in order to do that, she would be in a sense in her own way i think selling out and ticket prices would become inaccessible so what did she do she created righteous babe records she decided to play create a place not only to a company to sponsor her own tours and not be beholden to budweiser or miller beer or a tobacco company or toyota and keep ticket prices accessible to everybody that wanted to see her shows we all know that you know, to see bands that we want, you know, for me to see the Eagles now is going to be $300 or more mm-hmm. to get a seat that I want. I'm not saying that they don't deserve it, but I'm saying that if I want to take somebody, that's a lot of money. You know, by yep. the time the evening's over, it might be close to a thousand dollars. Easily. So, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Ani DeFranco um, really was her, an artist of her own making. And uh, I think I'm going to go, as soon as we're done, I'm going to go, to put on some Monty DeFranco and be reminded of <laughs> be reminded of what of why I like her so much oh yeah yeah so you know it's so funny because I actually used to play one of her songs and you're right she just attacks the guitar she is as far as I'm concerned and I'm, you probably agree she's a superhero in the music industry as far as I'm concerned I, it was my understanding when I first learned about her at that time, which was probably 10 or 15 years ago, she was making for every album she released $7 per album when, you know, most artists are lucky if they make a dollar, you know, yeah. she's only selling them for 10 or 15 or 12, whatever dollars per album. So she was yeah. keeping the lion's share, which, uh, Hey, why not? I mean, that's what you should do, especially with the technology that's available now. There's no yes. excuse, you know? Did you ever determine when you watched her play? I, I, I still not sure I know. What were those things? You know, those black, I don't know, what were they? Rubber, plastic? It looked like black electrical tape on her fingers, on her strumming hand. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do. And I don't know what it was exactly. I know that they would fall apart after a while. Yeah. And it's beca- all because of the way she played. I don't think she played with a pick. She no, just I- kind of just kind of hurled her fingertips into the strings in a way that I've never seen anybody else do. Well, it's Uh, very flamenco. If you're familiar with flamenco players and you know, who else used to tape up their fingers? You remember that, that one from the eighties, Michael Jackson. I'm kidding. (laughs) Well, yeah, he did too, but he wasn't playing an instrument. No, Uh, Stuart Copeland from the police. You know, I didn't know that. Yeah. And you know why? Because he played, drums classically he played with a classical grip but he was playing punk rock and so he would constantly get blisters and rip his fingers apart so he had to tape them up just so the sticks wouldn't fly out of his hands wow you know traditional grip is coming back and i like seeing that it is it is very much coming back that's true people are figuring out that 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 traditional grip makes a lot of sense anyway that's a whole another podcast 
Yeah, and we'll do it. We're going to do another one too. Now, that's the cool thing about this style of show is that I can call you again. It doesn't have to be just this one time. But I do, I know you need to go. I know how busy you are. And I, I promised everybody that I would try to keep it down to 15 minutes. But this was such an interesting episode. I don't think anyone's going to mind. And if they do, please, you know, send us a comment. And I apologize in advance. So, <laughs> so <laughs> next Gary, time. Not to speak in such run-on sentences. <laughs> no, no, I love it. It was perfect. So, Gig, thank you so much for the time. I uh, will do this again, and as soon as it's done, I'm going to send you a link, all right? Thank you, Tom. It's been a great pleasure. Thanks a lot, man. All right, rock on, brother. Oh, you know what? Before you go, uh, yeah. please tell everybody in the audience how to find you, Castle Entertainment and The Long Run and whatever else that you want to share. You know, your Facebook, your website, please share that now. Yeah, you know, I would say that uh, certainly the the long run is is all over social media. But for those, uh, you know, I mean, you can find us on uh, all the all the normal channels. Um, the one I know I can direct you to just off the top of my head is the Facebook page, which is the Long Run Experience the Eagles, and we uh, we really keep in close touch um, in a sort of bombarding way with our fans and followers that way. You can also kind of check in on thelongrun.net for an ever-changing, ever-growing calendar. Find out if we'll be somewhere near you. Uh, And then I might even suggest um, going to uh, 3,000 Miles Off-Broadway for that whole other side of the stuff I do. And there's a Facebook page for that as well. And one last thing I'll mention while it comes to mind and while I'm thinking of Facebook pages, uh, in the fall of this year, um, I'm planning to resurrect uh, our uh, Tributes Unplugged series, which is scheduled to happen at the Simi Valley Cultural Arts Center in Simi Valley, California. And that will be, you know, known tribute bands working without a net and working and doing acoustic shows in almost more of a campfire fashion. That's something that we uh, think is going to happen. We hope it does. So keep your eye out for that as well. That is awesome. I can't wait. All right. Well, Gig, thank you so much again. Uh, Everybody, make sure you send some love to Gary and thank him for being on the show and just send comments and questions. I'm sure he'd be happy to answer them. And until next time, everybody rock on. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Gig. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, everybody. Thanks again for tuning in to episode three of Ask a Friend with Gary Grantham, a.k.a. Gig. Uh, It was a real pleasure to have him on the show. I know it went a little bit longer than usual, but man, that guy has some really interesting stuff going on and some interesting tastes in music and a great background to draw from. So I'm sure we'll have him on the show again. Make sure you send your voicemails and questions and comments over to to me, Black Graz. You know, I realized in the last couple shows I haven't said the name of who I am. I'm Tom Sweeney, and my group and this show is actually Ask a Friend with Black Graz. Uh, so I really appreciate you listening. Definitely look me up online at blackgrass.com. Uh, send me a message. I'll answer questions as best I can and get to them as quick as I can. And this is a lot of fun. I hope you guys are enjoying it. I love the music that's being mentioned. I love hearing the tunes on Spotify. If you're not on Anchor, you won't actually hear the songs. And so I apologize. You'll have to just go look up the artists on Google. Uh, But if you are on Spotify, then you can actually interact with us, too, as well as send those voice messages and applause and things like that. So if you don't, if you're listening on a different format and you're not on Anchor, you may want to download the Anchor app and just get in on the fun. So, all right, I hope you had a great time and enjoyed the show, and I look forward to seeing you all at the next uh, episode of Ask a Friend. Rock on.